Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to the Storytelling Lab, where we break down how to get to the heart of your story and the hearts of your audience to leave the greatest impact possible. And now here's your host, a filmmaker and competitive storyteller, Rain Bennett. What's up, my beautiful people? Welcome to another episode of the Storytelling Lab, where we help you break down the art and science of storytelling. My name is Rain Bennett. I am your host, and my job is to help you deepen your connections, increase your sales, and serve your audiences better. Every Monday morning, I send out a storytelling tip to my email subscribers, and I talk about how I have used it in my own storytelling for my clients and for myself, and I leave you with tangible advice on how you can apply it to your strategies. If this sounds like something that would interest you, go ahead and sign up for the newsletter at rainbennett.com slash weekly storytelling tips. Again, that's rainbennett.com slash weekly storytelling tips. This podcast is a Six Second Stories production. Six Second Stories is a video marketing agency that helps you tell heartfelt stories to maximize your impact in minimal time. Find out more about what we do at sixsecondstories.com. Special announcement, storytellers. I have launched my first online course. I've been waiting a long time. I've been so excited to do this. It is called Uncover the Story to Launch Your Personal Brand. Now, that last word, that last concept, personal brand, is one that I fought against. I resisted folks for a long, long time. And hey, flash forward, guess what? When I leaned into it, when I embraced it, when I cultivated a personal brand, the story that I tell others things started to unlock in whole new ways for me. I was able to build a business just off of who I was as a person. Instead of starting from scratch every time I started a brand new project and then bouncing and spinning around from project to project, the core of my business is me. And everything else is extended from that core. So if I want to be Rain Bennett, the podcaster, Rain Bennett, the author, Rain Bennett, the online course instructor, the storytelling coach, the keynote speaker, the filmmaker, they're all coming back to that same core personal brand. This is what I'm helping people do. I started coaching when the pandemic hit because all my speaking gigs stopped and it has impacted my life and I think it's impacted others' lives in such 
such a magnificent way, an unexpected way for me. Yes, I consulted with businesses and organizations, but I found the most profound impact by helping other people who had thoughts in the back of their head that they could do great things and serve people and make an impact on the world, but they just weren't sure how to access that thing within them. I helped them do that through finding their story. That has been so fulfilling for me, and I want to help you do that too. The thing is, not everybody can afford the over $1,000 of cost in the coaching package to do that. So I created a 14-lesson course that has all of the things and more that those coaching packages have, including a community of other storytellers so that you can share your experiences with and you can learn from them as well. All of this for $149. We will put the link to the course in the show notes. We are hosting the course on thinkific.com. It is called the Rain Bennett Storytelling School, and you can always find out information at rainbennett.com. What's up, storytellers, and welcome back to the Storytelling Lab podcast. This is season seven. My name is Rain Bennett. I am your host, and this is the 101st, 101st episode. Is that how you say that? We have been doing this 101 episodes. I am super stoked to start off. I am super stoked to start off the new season, and I'm so glad you're here. We're going to have so many great guests and talk about real tangible, practical advice that you can apply to your storytelling strategies immediately. So I hope that you are excited about the things that you have going on in your life. I know that the world is still crazy out there and we're all trying to kind of figure out our way forward. And you know that storytelling is one of the ways that we can do that. But I hope you have things in your life and in your business that you're excited about. And maybe they aren't happening yet. But maybe you have the idea And you just need to be bold enough and courageous enough to go for it. And maybe the tips that you will learn here on the Storytelling Lab will help you along that journey and help you achieve those goals and start those new projects. I'll tell you something that I am excited about that is a, it's not a new project for me per se, but it is going to be new for you. And that is my book, Six Second Stories, Maximize Your Impact in Minimal Time with Video Storytelling. Folks, This is what we've been working towards for years. This is what we've been working for for a long time. All of the storytelling tips that I've learned along the way to tell stories effectively and efficiently no matter what tools you have. So when I say video storytelling, that doesn't mean that you have the team that I have of of expert filmmakers to tell your video stories. That means if, if all you have is your smartphone, you can do it. As long as you understand the skill of storytelling and leverage that and then utilize whatever tools you have access to, you will be able to make an impact on your audience. You will get better and better as time goes on and you will add new tools to your toolbox and then you will get better and better still. But it doesn't happen if you don't learn how to tell stories and it doesn't happen if you don't take action. So today's episode, I figured it would be beneficial for me to kind of open up the you know the curtains and show you behind the scenes and talk about how to share your story in a book. I know a lot of you out there have this idea. You've often thought thought about sharing your story or writing a book, writing a novel. I know this. This is a lot of a lot of people, I won't say suffer, <laughs> but a lot of people are afflicted with this desire. I am one of them. I've been wanting to do this book for a long time and I have many more that I, that I want to write. So I thought that I would Mm, 
exposed, maybe too big of a word, but be a little transparent about the whole process. If you are one of those people that wants to write a book, I'm going to tell you basically the whole process that I had to go through. Now, we decided, my team and I decided to self-publish my book, and that's going to come out on November 2nd this year, so just a few months, and I will let you know when the pre-order is available, I promise. But we decided to self-publish, and this was a long journey, and there was a lot of decisions that went into it, but we still wanted to obviously approach our self-publishing from a very professional and traditional publishing uh, uh, approach. So I'm going to tell you the process that we went through and all the things that you need to consider if you want to write your own book. So the first thing that you need to think about when you're writing your book or wanting to write your book, wanting to start writing your book, it's kind of a two-part item. I think it's part of the same step, but it's kind of a part A and part B of step number one is to think about what is this book going to be about. Now, that might seem obvious when I say that. Like, yeah, clearly, Rain, I'm going to write a book about video storytelling. But what I mean is I want you to get very, very specific. And when I say, ask yourself, what is this book about? I mean, what is the what is the unique approach or unique thought that this book expresses? What is different about this book from other books in the same genre or space. You need to have an approach that we haven't heard of before. You need to have a unique perspective, a unique idea, something that is different, okay? If you sit if you if you try to regurgitate the same thing that's been done by someone who is successful, which this happens all the time. We, we emulate people that we look up to. It makes sense. We're inspired by them, and we might try to put out similar content to them. But then especially if they're successful, I don't think that we would emulate people who weren't. Then it's going to reek of being a poor man's version of whatever, Gary Vee or Oprah or Brene Brown in my case. Well, I love Brene Brown, and I have to be careful to not sound like her when I'm talking about vulnerability and empathy, right? So what is this book about uniquely, okay? What is the unique approach? Mine in Six Second Stories is that you can tell powerful stories in just six seconds, but it takes a lot of work, right? Because many people don't think that you can. You can evoke emotion in that short amount of time, right? Uh, another theme that I would need to, to really be clear about in, in my book is that you don't need a lot of equipment to tell effective stories. You just need to be able to tell stories in whatever tools you have access to. So clearly identifying what is different about this book than other books. And then the second part of that is of, of knowing like what this book is about is who is this book for? This is something that I've struggled with because as you know, if you listen to this podcast, storytelling can help people in a variety of of ways, right? It can help you in your personal life, in your business life. It can help you in a multitude of ways, right? It's embedded in all of our lives because it, it's, you know, it's part of communication. So I had to get really clear. And if you do this, you have to get really clear about who is the person or type of person that's going to read that book. Now, listen, it doesn't mean that other people might not be able to benefit from it. But if you get caught in that place where you're like, oh, well, Nonprofits could use it, uh, entrepreneurs could use it, um, elderly could use it, you know, young people could use it. Like, it, this book could really help anybody. You're not going to be able to market it. And more importantly, the person who picks it up is not going to be able to understand that it is for them. They need to open that book from the cover to the next page to the first chapter to the final chapter, should clearly 
communicate to them that this book is for me. I have these problems. Yeah. So that is what you need to do for mine. It's business communicators. It's marketers. But not just marketers, specifically marketers that are working for small businesses or nonprofits or their own brands, right? So they're beginning marketers. I'm not helping Coca-Colas or 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 Coca-Colas or Apple's, you know, marketing agency how to tell stories. I'm trying to teach people and help people get from zero to one and from one to two. And listen, with the pandemic, we've had a 40 plus percent increase in small businesses. That's a lot of people. So you need to clearly identify down to a actual person who your book is for. Okay, the next step is to write your book. Pretty easy, right? Yeah, right. Let me tell you a little story. I'll be brief. I started writing my book in the beginning, January of 2019, naively thinking that I would be done by Q2, quarter two, three months. Yeah, it's two and a half, more than two and a half years later. This book will be out November. I started in January, so almost three years later, I will bring you, the public, this book, okay? So there's a lot of things in between there, and I'm not resentful about it because I learned even more about storytelling in the process and the book uh, because of that got better became a better book a better read with more value because of that but it is hard folks it is hard to write a book so you're gonna have to figure out what works for you and for me I cannot write at night my mind doesn't work I used to glorify and 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 think that I would be like Hemingway or Bukowski and be drinking bourbon at night and writing these great pages of the American novel no I have to write early in the morning over a cup of coffee before anybody else is awake in my family. Now, if if I don't have that option, then I have to make it happen where I, where I can, but that's when I write the best. So I have to be diligent about that and carve out that time to do that. I forget who it was. I can look it up or you can look it up. But someone said, uh, uh, and I'll paraphrase that like, yeah, I write when I get inspired. Fortunately, I get inspired every morning at 9 a.m. sharp, right? The point is like, you don't get inspired. You sit your butt down in the chair and you write. So here's ways to execute that. Make it easier on yourself. Don't put this pressure on yourself to write like 10 pages or, you know, 3,000 words a day. As Anne Lamott said from Bird by Bird, which is a great book for this, Bird by Bird, just like Bird by Bird, piece by piece, just to... What is it? I think she says like one shitty page a day or five shitty pages a day. Whatever the little mile marker you need is, you just need to get it out and get that muscle working, right? Just need to do one crappy page a day, right? That's what your, your goal is or a paragraph, whatever it is. But if you write one page a day, that's it, just one page. After a year, you have 365 pages, right? That's a long book. Mine's going to be like 200 or just less than 200. So you see my point. Make manageable achievable small goals that you can hit consistently every day because it's way more about showing up every day than it is writing a lot a lump in a in a, in a chunk of time right you want to try to be executing every single day right keep yourself accountable to that point you might want to use uh accountability partners you can also sign up for NaNoWriMo that's National Novel Writing Month in November it doesn't have to be a novel but it helps you write I think 50,000 words in a month which is a book um, and you do that with people all across the world and you have little writing sprints and it keeps you accountable. So anything that you can have, put it on your calendar that keeps you accountable and makes you show up so that you write every day. It's going to be huge. Let's talk about another way to execute. How do I come up with what I should write? How do I make this easier for myself? 
when you start thinking of the outline, the table of contents, and you can try this through blogs. You can basically write one blog a month, right? And at the end of that year, you'll have 12 entries that could be 12 chapters of your book, right? Let's say you're writing one blog a week and you have 52 entries throughout the year. Then you take the the best 10 to 15 entries and blogs that people really responded to and see how they cohesively fit together and put and just expand on each chapter, right? You should be constantly testing your content to see what resonates. If I want to write about addiction, there's so many different topics we can talk about. Start putting that content out there. You can do it in small pieces like Instagram posts or TikTok videos, or you can expand it into a chapter. But the goal is for you to write your book in kind of the way the Russian stacking dolls, you know, get bigger and bigger, but you still, you know, they still look the same. So start small, put out a tweet. And if people respond to it, hmm, expand that to an Instagram post or a TikTok video, 60-second video, right? They respond to that, expand to a 600 to 800-word blog. And if they respond to that, now fill out a whole chapter. But these are ways, that, easy ways that you don't have to just sit down and look at a blank page and say, how am I going to come up with 50,000 words? Make it easy on yourself, right? Small baby steps over the long term. Now, you've written your first draft. Where do you go from there? You need to get feedback. Now it's time to look at editing. First thing I would do and the first thing I did is I gave it a pass myself. Didn't show it to anybody else. And I wrote little comments in my in my uh, sidebar of my Google Doc to myself of where I want to expand, things I should add, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But at some point you want to employ an editor. And we used an editor. Uh, I auditioned a lot of different editors. I looked at different, you know, different uh, kinds of editors that we could we could do. But there are a few different stages of editing that you should know about. The first and foremost, which is crucial, but often self-published authors overlook, is developmental editing. That's big picture, like top, you know, bird's eye view, looking down at the book and saying like, hey, does chapter four fit between, you know, three and five? Or should chapter four be in the beginning? Because it's got this great story that's a hook, right? Or, hey, this is good, but you really need a conclusion to wrap it all up. Big picture stuff, developmental editing, editing, like, hey, expand this chapter and talk more about that story, et cetera, et cetera. Then when you go that, you know, after you've done that and you have to do another manuscript or another draft and maybe a third draft, just start, you know, start pulling people into this. You can have people that you trust who know your goals to have them read it. You will have the editor that you'll be working with if you choose to have one. But someone should help you look at that top-down approach for that developmental uh, side. Somebody who knows what they're doing and understands the flow of communication. Because your book, just like your story, should one piece should lead to the next. Now, it doesn't mean it has to be in chronological order. But one door should open, and then when that door closes, it should lead to the next one or the next chapter, right? After developmental editing, you want to go down to line editing. Now, this is more like looking at each line and understanding tone and how it works. And this is like within the, ch- the chapters, intra-chapters, if you will, where you're seeing on a little bit smaller scale how the how the lines and the sentences play with the paragraphs and how the paragraphs play with the chapters, right? Then you take it down the level after that. You get to copy editing. 
now we're getting into like the the real nitty gritty and understanding uh, tone, which I had mentioned with line editing, but really that specific here, like what words you choose that next level down of looking at the words and the meaning behind the words and how words play uh, with each other and play upon each other and really just 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 looking at that word by word and then finally and this could kind of go and mix in with with copy editing proofreading that's like the final final stage and just making sure that you didn't have any grammatical mis- mistakes typos punctuation which it's a comma and it's supposed to be a period um or you know just literally any missed keystrokes which sometimes even your uh you know google docs and and microsoft word won't pick up on them if they're if they actually are a word but they don't fit in grammatically and so spell check won't catch that so it's good to have someone who's like super like technical and 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 anal about you know the the details comb through that one last version to make sure that all the grammar is proper now i will say this one aside you need to know the rules, but then once you know the rules and how to write in that structure, in that format, then you can create creatively bend the rules. So something that might not be grammatically correct, you can still use if that's your tone and if it creates emphasis or if it's for a creative decision. You know, using a fragment of a sentence, you know, just using one word or two words that don't really make a whole sentence, but they get a, a point across. You can do that, but make sure you understand first how to write a sentence and a paragraph and a chapter properly. Okay, once you have that final version done, you start looking at publishing. Now, this is a big one. Are you going to self-publish? Are you going to try to go for traditional? Or are you going to what's called now hybrid publish? Okay, so self-publishing, it's simple. You put it out yourself, probably with Amazon, Kindle, Direct Publishing, KDP. They make it very simple for you. You keep virtually all of the money from your sales except for the fee that the platform like uh, Ingram Spark or like uh, Amazon may take from you. But everything else you keep yourself. Now, the downside is you have no marketing really except your own team um, and all the other things that are involved that a traditional publisher does for you, you're doing all yourself. And if you aren't good at that or an expert at that or experienced at that, that could be a real uh, downfall for you. Depending on who you are, you know, if you've got a big following, but you haven't written a book before, so no publisher wants to take a chance on you, you may be able to do quite well. Or if your marketing game is on point, you may be able to be able to do quite well. There's plenty of versions, uh, or there, there's plenty of examples of people who have self-published and then sold enough copies that then they were re-released by a traditional publisher. And even some of them became movies. The Martian uh, with Matt Damon is an example of that. But if you self-publish and feel like, hey, I want to bring this to my audience. I know my audience because even if you traditionally publish, you're still going to have to help with a lot of the marketing. So we chose to self-publish for my book after talking to to publishers, talking to literary agents and editors. So this was an educated decision that we made for for ourselves because I am usually using this book for. This is a big thing you need to think about too. What are you going to use this book for? Are you trying to make money off of it? Probably not going to happen with the first book unless you get traditionally published and it's a huge hit, which is not the norm, right? That is by far the exception. So I'm using this book as an extension of my business. I'm going to be giving it out or selling it at speaking gigs. I'm going to be offering it to coaching clients. It's going to be for my people, my podcast listeners. Hello, hello. Right? So that's why I'm using it. So I don't need to be traditionally published because, as you'll learn now, traditionally published has a lot of work that is involved. It, you have no control over the timeline like you do for uh 
self-publishing. So I'm choosing to, to do it November 2nd. If I were to send this to a publisher, this may not come out for two more years because there's a lot of work that they have to do on the front end. Okay, so you have no control over that. Not only that, there's certainly no guarantee that you will get chosen uh, to be traditionally published. If you don't already have a huge following or a very unique idea for a book or a very unique story that's gotten mainstream press, you probably won't get it, but you still can try. And I've had some people that suggest some editors say that maybe I should take a stab at it because then if you don't get selected to be traditionally published, you can always go be uh, self-publish your book. But you have to write a proposal, which is almost as long as the book, like 25 to 50 pages. You have to send that out. You have to probably try to get a literary agent. There is so much work just to get it to the eyes of someone who might be able to say yes, and then they still most likely say no if you're a first-time author. So there's another option now called hybrid publishing or partnership publishing. This is when you have a company that partners with you. You still get a bigger chunk of the sales from the book, and they do a lot of the work for you, and they kind of act as a publish, publishing house, but you have to pay up front for it, and it can be quite expensive. So if you've got the money, if you're a successful business person and you just want to get a book done, but you don't want to have to take the time to learn how to do all the things you have to do to be successful as a self-published author, then you may you may choose to do this. You've got a turnkey kind of build a book package is the way that you can look at it. So they help you put it out, but they are not a traditional publisher they just help you kind of self-publish your book in a way now sometimes they may have um they may have relationships with bookstores and things like that distribution that they can help you with and that's that's good one of the hybrid publishers that i almost worked with did and it would have helped get my book in stores but i had to ask myself is it worth that pretty penny they were asking and ultimately it was way too much for me to justify is it worth that for something that really is just an ego stroke for me? I really want to see my book in 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 like Hudson News uh, at the airport or at a bookstore. But it wasn't worth paying what they were asking for that. And I had to really come to terms with that myself. That's just an ego boost for me. And it's not for my audience. I can deliver this to my audience. And that's what we chose to do. So how are you going to publish your book? If you do self-publish your book or even if you don't, you have so many new things to consider book cover, interior design, exterior design, the spine, the back cover, the about the about author page. Are you going to have any blurbs? What are you going to structure your uh, your t- what typeface are you going to use? What are you going to structure the inside of your book? Are you going to have illustrations? Are you not? What are the chapters going to look like? Are you going to have any quotes throughout the everything like that has to be designed? Now, luckily, I have a graphic designer on my team and she is being amazing. But there is so much work to be done. It's kind of like if you've ever built a house. I'm assuming most of us haven't built a house. But if you have, one of the biggest things people don't anticipate is every decision you'll have to make. You have to choose the screws that are used to put the wood, you know, put the wood together. Like every little detail you have to decide. Do you want a dimmer on this or just a regular light switch? Similar with your book. You have so many decisions you have to make, right? So if you do self-publish, you have to do a lot of that on your own. That is why traditionally publishing, you know, they do that for you. And that's why people pay for hybrid publishing to do that as well. So a lot of decisions you have to make. But if you do self-publish, Amazon Kindle uh, Direct Publishing makes it very easy to go step by step and decide to do that. Uh, they tell you everything that you need to do, which we don't have enough time in this podcast to do, but it is a great, great resource. So if you do decide to self-publish, 
I highly recommend KDP. And then you can also take ads out on the book once you get it on Amazon. And if you have the right keywords, you can make some good sales. I've done that with my workbook. Now let's get to that point. Selling. Marketing. Can't start this process soon enough. And one of the best ways to do it is to get featured on people's shows and on their media, on their social media, on their platforms. Could be radio, could be podcast, could be traditional uh, television interviews, anything to get yourself in front of other people's audiences, specifically audiences that overlap with yours or that their audience would benefit from this. So if I went to a nonprofit communicators, uh, um, you know, blog or uh, association and I did a free webinar that would be a good opportunity for me to start promoting the book even before it's out, letting them know when it comes. Having a pre-order that's somewhere from like two to three weeks so that you can build up anticipation. Telling people about it as you lead up. Getting in front of getting in front of as many people as possible to promote this book is huge. And then when you launch it, it's not over yet. <laughs> you can't just say, okay, we're done. You have to constantly promote this. Thinking of creative ways that you can bundle it with something else. Uh, thinking of creative ways that you can get reviews, which are incredibly helpful on Amazon. If you can get over 25 views, the algorithm starts to really promote your book on Amazon. So asking people for reviews, giving away free copies, you know, on launch day, selling it for 99 cents just to get a ton of people there because what you can do is you can, you can kind of game the algorithm. And if you get a lot of people, like if you know that, hey, 100 people are going to buy this book just from friends and family, push them to all get it in that first week because then it will rank, hopefully, number one in the category that you're in. And you want to specifically choose categories that you can kind of own. You don't want to be super broad, right? You can rank and hopefully number one in those categories. And now you've got a number one Amazon bestseller. That's huge. And then you can put that little sticker on any of your promotion. This needs to be easy for people to find, right? Have copies available. Have it on your website. You can never stop marketing and you can never start soon enough. This whole thing is a process and all you're trying to do, at least this is what we're trying to do, is get to the point where people are ready for your next book, right? And to keep it going and build your list and build your community, right? And none of that happens until you clearly identify who that community is and how you can specifically help them with your unique perspectives and your unique story. So I want to take you on this journey with me as we have a couple of more months left before we bring the book out. But I also want to urge you, if you've ever thought about sharing your story in a book, that you can do it. Now more than ever before you can do it. Amazon has made it, Amazon in other places, but Amazon has made it very, very easy to get your ideas in a book form to the masses. And there's a lot of people having success with it. But success is determined by your goal and what you're trying to accomplish with your book and with your story. But it doesn't happen until you clearly identify what is unique about your approach and who you can specifically help. And then you just got to take action and start telling that story. My name is Rain Bennett. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, do us a favor and subscribe to the podcast. If you're already a subscriber and you're enjoying the show, give us a review and let us know the value that you've gotten from it. We love to hear from our listeners and learn about the benefits that they're getting from the show. That's what fuels us and that's what fuels the show. 
And if you've already subscribed and you've already reviewed it and you think there's someone else that would benefit from listening to this show, please, please share it with them. The more we grow, the more we can help you grow, and that's what we're here to do. Join us next time on the Storytelling Lab. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.